What's up, y'all? This is Tiny and Kelvin Smith. Running back DeAndre Torrey. Senior receiver Michael Lawrence. Senior guard DJ Draper. And you're listening to Bruni's Breakdown Podcast, your home for North Texas sports. Everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and with me is the ever-changing Colin Mitchell. Ever-changing. Colin, how are you doing today? Wait, what is that supposed to mean? It, it means whatever you want it to mean, Colin. You just I feel continue like to evolve. That's, no, 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 no. You're giving never. me the face like it's negative. No, no, it's not negative. It's not negative. Um... But yeah, Colin, you... Uh, I'm not over this. You, <laughs> you know, on Thursday, we, you, we, went to the FI, we went to the FIU basketball game, and then on Saturday, you had something better to do. I mean, you just you chose not to uh, go to the FAU game. I no, mean, see, if you were to you know pay me with more fuzzies tacos like I had this morning, maybe... <laughs> so it's about the money, huh? Listen, I have cameras I have to pay for. <laughs> we got some loans, some student loans. Yeah, so I'm you, graduated. You, uh, haven't, you, got, you, you haven't hit that time I got that six-month period <laughs> <Yeah>. where you... <laughs> Then, then you won't be covering the team anymore. You'll be covering some yeah. like little league uh-huh. thing for a mom. Well, when they pay you, that's what you gotta do. Yeah, you went to the FCS championship game, Colin. How was that? It was, North you know, Dakota State and James Madison. Let me tell you, North Dakota State has about the same amount of fans there. They they, they announced the crowd at seventeen thousand. There was probably like four thousand James Madison fans there. Really, and that just convinces me that every attendance. That North Texas announced at North Texas bas- or football games was just completely, completely wrong. Because why is that? It was full. Mm-hmm. The whole bowl was full, and they were loud. The loudest crowd I've ever heard. My ears are ringing. You yeah. ever? You, it's the championship are, game. Your, your ears ever ring? Listen, hey, Spurs game. I've been to some Spurs game where your ears start ringing. Let me let me tell let me tell you something. They've had more championship wins than they have losses in the last eight years. They're not just loud for the championship game, okay? They're loud for every game. Uh, hey, no, no. Also, those people from North Dakota and uh, where's James, James Wisconsin? Man- I think that was Wisconsin. I'm pretty sure it's Wisconsin. Hey, they get a chance to come down to Texas for in, in January. They're coming down in hordes. They came down 13, in hordes. 13,000. Yeah, no. I see that coming. And it was still, of course, as soon as they come, it snows. Yeah. So, And also, like, let me tell you, uh, North Dakota State's quarterback would destroy North Texas. <laughs> Bro, I'd be scared of North Dakota State. I don't I even know what FPS team they played, but they probably they beat them because they were fifteen and zero. But that's a that's a scary sight. So yeah, that's where Colin was on Saturday. So he didn't get to go to the FAU game. He got to watch it, but I mean, you missed you missed a uh, more of the same really. So we're gonna run through this game. Uh, thank y'all for joining us. And thank y'all for your questions before we get into anything else because questions Bruni, Bruni loves, are a big part. Bruni's a question apologist. I love questions <laughs> and I love having answers to questions, Colin. Okay. That's what I do. You don't answer my questions. <laughs> and so it was a busy weekend where North Texas mowed down the two FIU, the two Florida schools. That was a really bad pun. They they keep, they they mopped them. Mowed. M O like W E D like you're mowing the grass like Mo like they were grass Gibson. like oh <laughs> no I didn't go there oh okay no 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 like, no 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 awful no no my best pun was momentum that was good. momentum yeah that's gonna be somewhere don't slow mo is what was used last night slow mo we get a change of momentum after he hits like a couple of shots to swing it lots of things you can do with mo who knew right who knew. Anyways, they destroyed FIU and then FAU in that order, and there's a lot to take away from this, Colin, but before we do that, I just want to run through the games real quick. FIU, the FIU game, in short, was dictated by North Texas. It was the pace that North Texas wanted to play. FIU tried pressing. They tried just nuisance presses, really. They weren't too much in the run and jump that we know them to be in. And North Texas was like, no, we're just going to get across half court, run our stuff. And they executed perfectly, really. I mean, they've put it in the post a lot of times, maybe forced in the post too much, but it slowed down the game enough to where guys like Javion and Mo and um, Rose even were able to pick their spots and be aggressive. And I mean, you, a guy like Osaga for FIU, the best shot blocker in, in uh, Conference USA, only had one block. And you're like, that just shows how like uncomfortable their defense was and how much they were having to move and get out of position because ideally for FIU if you're in position and you're forcing guys, you know, to rush and to take shots at the rim or take shots late clock, Osaga has more than one block. Yeah. He averages four and a half a game. So, um that was t- 
terrific game for me. And then the defense for North Texas was also just lights out that game. I mean, holding FIU to 20-51 shooting and doing so in a way that I never questioned that. I never thought FIU had a, like a legit shot at coming back. In the right, game. they were only down, I think, 12 at half. Mm-hmm. And we, I came up and we both sat there and I was like, FIU's getting destroyed. And you're like, they're only up by 12 or they're only down yes. by 12. And I was like, they're down by a lot more in my yeah, mind. So. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And the whole time I was just like, this seems insurmountable. I mean, North Texas ends up taking a 23-point lead in the late in the second half and runs away with this win, I mean, very convincingly, 18 points. And, um, I mean, you go down the box score and you see JV on 16, Mo 14 on 19 shots. Wasn't a great night for Mo. Rose had his 10 points, and that's we were starting to say, like, I said before the season that Rose was the icing on this cake. Anything he gives is, you know, how thick's the icing on the cake right now? What right ta- now, what are we talking? Well, I about? mean, after the FAU game, it was a little no, no, no. less. But you can't you can't take it icing away. You can only add icing. Okay, well, it's it's a pretty good layer. You know, it's one of those. Right now, it's only the letters are like starting to be spelled out. Oh, okay. On top of it, they're, so what happens if, you, not if he like frosting starts it. to average like eighteen a game again? Oh, then we're frosting the whole thing. Just then it just. Pouring, the it's like, it's like a shield around the cake that is exactly. The team. I got you exactly. I understand. So, anyways, um, it was a great game. They shot eight of seventeen from three. North Texas did, and you really can't ask for much more from them. So, oh, and also the the bench scored forty. No, the bench scored thirty. No, oh, the bench only scored seventeen points that game. I'm sorry, I'm getting my games confused. The bench scored twenty eight against FIU. That's what it was. So, anyways, um, on to FAU. It was more of the same except in a different pace. FAU was a slower team. They were a bigger team. They had like these two fours that are really big and the five could shoot threes. So it made Zach go on the perimeter more as a big and it kind of tested out the rotations of their defense. And it was something that, I mean, I think the whole game comes down to, well, obviously Javion Hamlet dominated the game. Like we're going to, we'll get into that um, in strides. But I think defensively it was just another Damn masterful performance from North Texas. Holding a team to under 40% shooting, holding a team to 58 points, um, scoring 40 points in the paint compared to their 26. And I told you FAU has good size. And they were driving hard too, FAU was. They were they weren't this team that like is just passive, aggressive. No, they when they drove, they like legitimately put pressure on the rim. Um and then, I mean, second chance points, the UNT held FAU to six. They held FAU to three fast break points. You just go down the list and you're like this team just dominated this game. And it started with James Reese scoring nine straight points off two steals in the first half to kind of get their lead up to seven. And from that point on, it was just too much for FAU to overcome. Uh, I think the obviously player of the night was Javion Hamlet, 20.6 assists, four rebounds, two only two turnovers, and he's being asked to do a lot for this team yes. right now. And he's doing a lot for this team right now. I'm, on every level, he's just tremendous. Then we go to Mo. I mean, Mo had a four of eleven shooting night, which isn't great, but it's not you know not terrible. It's still high thirties. I mean, I don't mind him shooting. I want him to shoot twelve times a game. Yeah, no, for like sure. that, that's fine. And so he finished with twelve points. Then James Reese, like I said, he had those nine straight points and ends the game with sixteen. Zach Simmons ended with ten points and uh, three boards and only ten turnovers for North Texas, a season low. So with those two games out of the way now, Colin. Yes. With two games where we've come in and we've talked and we've been like, wow, this team is like actually beating the hell out of these teams. Yes. And it's something that we thought was possible coming off of like the Marshall game. But I said I was scared of FIU in particular. Because I thought of their the pace. Yeah, I thought the FIU game was going to be a real problem. They shut that down real quick. The FAU game, I was like, okay, well, they should be fine. They should win it. But, you know, the size of FAU and the pace is a contrast. So we'll see how that they handle that. And they handled it perfectly. It's like it just takes them a little bit to set into a game, which isn't even like anything crazy. Like it takes them eight minutes to settle into the game. Like it's not like nobody expects you to blow out a team right off the bat. Right. And so they settle in and then they figure out what you're doing and they adjust really well. And just like that, it's like they're taking off. And... I wasn't expecting, if you would have told me they would have won these two games by a combined, what is this, 50 points almost, 
I would have been like, okay, well, let's start polishing the rings now because <laughs> this North Texas team looks damn good. Start polishing the rings. That was good. That was good. <laughs> Thank you, Colin. I had to make up for uh, my Mo pun that you didn't let me get away with. What did I just drop? Oh, I got my phone. Hold on. Yeah, you're going to need that. So, all right, Colin, let's 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 dig into what, what we saw these games. I wanted to start with the guard play specifically because I feel I, like you have to start with the guard yes, play, especially absolutely. Javion Hamlet. Yeah, no, so against FIU, like you said, I don't want to pronounce his last name, Osagi? Osaga. Osaga, yeah. He averaged four and a half blocks a game. North Texas, and we came in, the podcast before that game, we came in and said, CJ and Dame comparison, they need to play more guards. They can't just go to the post every time because obviously against, especially FIU, you go to the post, Osaga is going to have blocks. Yeah. And they only played through guards, really. I only remember a few touches where they, like, forced the ball to Zach to try to, you know, make something happen. And it worked great. Javion, like, I don't remember the line. 14 points, I think. Mo, 5 and 19. We'll talk about Mo's performance. But they played... You The way they played was just dynamic. There there was no forcing the ball to either Mo or Javion. And it just looked very natural Mm -hmm. in in the way that the game was being played. They didn't play too fast. They played patiently. I mean, it, they dominated that game. There was at no point, except for like the first two minutes where they couldn't score, Yeah, where I was like, oh, they're going to lose this game. Like, they were going to win that game the whole game for me. One of the crazy things is, so you remember when we played men's league, we always bring up our men's league. You know, we got to. Together, but remember in men's league when that team kept picking me up like full court yeah. and I had to bring it up and I was exhausted by like halftime? Yes, I think about that a lot, by the like, way. Like, Javion is handling this pressure so well that's exactly what i was thinking about he's just he's handling like the traps he's handling just the just the man press just a one guy you just have to beat him like that is exhausting and he's handling it well he's still creating he's still making shots he's still making free throws like the endurance that he is he has right now as a creator on this team is outstanding and i feel like that is something that we're not talking about enough but yeah and i think i think that also has to do more with he doesn't imposes will on players when he's trying to break free mm-hmm. he's just skillful and is crafty yeah, so it, it so doesn't crafty. take as much energy he's so crafty yeah i mean how many times against fiu did we see him when the guy picked him up full court you know he hits him with a behind the back dribble or a crossover and he's just gone like the guys like yeah the crowd's going ooh or whatever yeah. you know like and it's nothing special for him um he's just the catalyst he's tremendous yeah um uh, i mean you really <laughs> I uh he's scoring at all levels. He's hitting his floater amazingly. I said before early in the season I was getting kind of angry because he was shooting the floater and they weren't going in. Like I said, probably in the first like eight games of the season he was definitely shooting like under forty percent on his floater. And it wasn't even like they didn't look good. Like, yeah, they didn't no. look like good shots. But then as the offense started to progress and started to find its rhythm, started to find out you know figure out where the good shots are and where they want to be on the court. When he comes off a screen now, he knows what he's looking for. He knows where the help's coming from, and he yep. knows when he could take that floater and where he can take that floater. So you can practice different. So you can take those shots more often. And he's he's left-handed, and he's coming off his left side, and he's like giving a little bump, and he's just shooting the floater, and it's money. Yeah. Like, he's probably shooting 60% on it in the past, like, seven games. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. And I don't think North Texas... I mean, I could be completely wrong, but probably since Tony Mitchell has had a guy that can probably score at all four levels like this. Yeah. Because outside of, I don't know if you know who Jordan Williams is. He scored a thousand points. I don't think so. Anyways, he was a guard. But like yesterday, I watched the uh, second half of the second half, so the last mm-hmm. 10 minutes, and I saw Javion hit a transition pull-up three off the dribble. Yep. I saw him have uh, at the elbow, look for a pass, didn't have it, yeah. hit a midi. Yeah. I saw him behind the back, midi on the elbow, like... When was North Texas had a score like this? I think th- this is kind of the player that, in terms of, this is what everyone wanted Ryan to be, right? Mm-hmm. Like a guy that could develop a, a floater like like Javion, not necessarily the three off the dribble or anything, but a guy that can be reliable in those places. And Javion is everything his team needed last year. Mm-hmm. And he's he's shown up tremendously this year. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, with the development of how good Mo is, it was like we were wondering if Javion even needed to be this good. We were we were wondering if Javion just needed to, you know, be able to be aggressive and create for others. And now he's taken that and just been like, oh, and I'm going to score 20 points. And it and it's not a stat padding type of 20 no. points. It's a it's he kind of takes it takes what the defense gives him most of the time. Yeah, he's he's he again he of his 20 points. I mean, literally. 
This is FIU. Let me go to FAU's stat sheet real quick. Um, nine of 14 shooting. I mean, of his nine shots, he probably scored in like six or seven different ways. Like, yeah. I'm thinking off the top of my head. I know a floater. I know there was a cont- uh, and one layup. I know there was a three. I know there was a midi. Like, that's just four off the top of my head yeah. that I'm naming here. It's it's really impressive to see what he's been doing. So, but then I also want to talk about the other guys, too. I want to talk yeah. about Mo because Mo did have, he didn't struggle, per se, because I didn't have a huge problem with his shot selection. And I have a big problem with people's shot selection than if the shots go in or not. Right. That's just me. I agree. Personally. And so, him going 5-19 wasn't good but it wasn't i would never looked at him like damn he needs to stop i want to see more of it yeah he needs he doesn't need to stop shooting no he doesn't and 23s did he take by the way just so the people know okay three of 10 from those so 30 percent again not great but he's a 40 40 like five percent shooter yeah like i'm no problem with him the deep threes are starting to not go in at all and so those i'm like all right let's maybe take them maybe tone them down a little bit because there are some times where he could get maybe only a step behind the three-point line instead of like three steps behind the three-point line. I feel like most of those threes that are really deep like that, it's like he's completely covered or he dribbles up to the court and yeah. he's like on the eagle's eye and he's like, eh, or he hits just... one three and then the next time down he's like, all right, this is it. Yeah, we dribble pull up. We but, pull uh, it. No, so you mentioned those 19 shots. A lot of them were inside that game. They were. And he had, he had a, uh, a few inside ones against FIU and he kept getting blocked or he couldn't get the finish. Give me so much more of that because the only way he's going to finally be able to convert those is by learning you know where he needs to place the ball on the backboard because he's not the biggest guy yeah the thing that the is people. the thing that is amazing to me is that he's able to get past those guys in the first place i mean he's not he doesn't have a guy around him most of the time mm-hmm. uh and it's just the guy in the post because he's taller obviously so yeah. give me all so much more of that again his penetration like you said is gonna help this team a ton especially for that dynamic that we want between him and Javion mm-hmm. to where if Javion's not creating we can swing it to Mo and let him if they, and if they put their best defender on Javion then you can have Mo be more aggressive this game you can get him in more pick and roll like if he has his head down and being aggressive I have no problem with 19 shots not I have all. none not at all like if he would have taken 19 threes then that would have been something but he took nine shots from inside the arc and 10 from three and he's a great shooter like I have no problem with that and I mentioned those deep threes. I don't think he's shooting very well on those deep threes, but he's still shooting over 40% from three. Like That should tell you how good of a shooter he is. Yeah. And so, again, I think it's a step in the right direction for Mo, especially coming off the Western and Marshall games where he was very um, not involved. And now he's at least getting good looks and he's taking the right shots and he's creating a little bit more um, for this team. So I thought it was a step in the right direction for Mo. James Reese was... <laughs> Coach McCaslin said after the game that, I mean, that Mo and Javion rightfully get a lot of the publicity because they score a lot and whatnot. But James Reese is obviously probably the best defender on this team. He's a great rebounder. He does a lot of the good good stuff that this team needs. Yeah. And he's not getting talked about enough. Do you feel like he's not getting talked about enough? Uh, This is coming off a 16-point game where he was Yeah, great, I mean, yes. it depends. I think it's because... You and I both came in here. We're like, he's in a score a lot, and he mm-hmm. might be. He could be the MVP. At least mm-hmm. I think I said that. And he's just kind of not done that, which mm-hmm. is perfectly fine because the way he's playing, I th- he's using his skill sets in different ways. So, like you said, he's the probably the best on ball defender. He gets blocks. I mean, he gets charges. He's he's that gritty player that every team needs. And he can shoot. And he can shoot. So I I guess yeah he probably doesn't get credit those type of guys don't get a lot of credit mm-hmm. but we saw last night what he's capable of yes um for me it really just comes down to if he can hit open shots yeah and we saw against FIU Rose take a lot of his minutes because he hit those open shots mm-hmm. and he kind of scored bet, scored more um especially in games like where you have those open shots I mean Reese's jump Reese might have the prettiest shot on the team like, I don't know DJ's. Oh, DJ's is nice too. Yeah. No, I don't know, man. Reese's Reese's just elevation. His shot is so nice. Every time he shoots it, I'm like, that's going in. But I mean, and he's not even the shooter that DJ is. But I'm just saying, like, from a just when I watch when you his, look at it, you're like, there's no way. I'm like, oh my not. god, like that is like beautiful. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fluid. Like that's how I want to shoot the ball. Like, that <laughs> yeah, is amazing. So that's why I always hold that hope that I feel like he's just gonna get on a tear one of these like four four game stretches where he's just gonna shoot like. 10 of 12, 10 of 14 from three. Like, he's just going to do that. And he's 
he went one of three and then two of three this weekend. So three of six is obviously tremendous. And if he can do that, then it just it makes for these three guards, Mo, Javion, and James Reese. If Javion, if James Reese can get to that like forty percent three point clip, it's gonna be real tough. It's gonna be real tough for other teams to like combat that. And there's still good players on the team. Yeah, like and then we haven't even got players. to DJ. We haven't even got to Rose, who's been playing better. We haven't even got to Thomas Bell, who's yeah. been playing a lot better. Um, but yeah, I wanted to start off with those three guards in particular. I think DJ obviously is doing what DJ does. He's shooting the ball. He's creating. I mean, he's doing a lot. DJ's impressed me a lot. Um, I told you that if save this year, these last three years, this version of DJ would probably start on, on this team. He's doing great. I mean, he's doing fantastic. He had a couple quick, quick releases yesterday where it was like, Catch, catch at the the like level of his nose. Yeah, and he didn't bring it just down. Boom, and he didn't bring boom. it down. Yeah, man, I used to, uh, I used to practice that so much I could never get it. That is hard, man. Yeah. Woo, the the amount of practice that takes. DJ is a sniper, absolute sniper. He might be damn near sixty percent at this point. He's so good. So, anyways, all right, Colin. Um, let's talk about what else is working and is it sustainable. Those are two questions I always want to ask. Yeah, of course. Is it working and is it sustainable? Because we've seen offenses in the past that are not sustainable, but and defenses for that matter. But do you? What is working? Let's start with defense. Defensively, they're doing like more of the same. Really, it feels like they haven't changed up too much. They're still like you know doing their force baseline stuff. Where they're taking charges. They're trying not to get in foul trouble. They're getting in more foul trouble, but and they're and they're guarding the three point line real well. Mm-hmm. Is it that simple, or what do you feel like it stems from? This team outworks other teams. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they have a great uh, defensive scheme, but every game, I feel like the other team is just not prepared for the tenacity that North Texas has. I mean, they go for every loose ball. They go up for every rebound. I, at no point this season have I been like, oh, yeah, that guy could have gotten that or anything like that. Like, yeah. if one guy gets blown by, you got goo behind you just getting a block where you didn't even see him coming. Like, this team has so many of those plays where it's it just seems normal at this point and it, it's just a matter of them outworking the other team they want to win way more than the other team it, it looks like I'll take it a step past that because I feel like last year so last year we felt like that way about this defense and we were right because they were probably the best defense in Conference USA or one of the best defenses in Conference USA but last year you look at their personnel and it's like they don't look like they should be the best defense right like when and you watch them on ball it's like Mike Miller's six four and he's playing the four. Like Zach is fine, but he's not, you know, this dominant rim protector. Like Jordan Duffy is like, oh, okay, he's there. Ryan again was a great defender. But that team specifically, we felt like that team's gonna like outwork you and out like maneuver you. Right, and and I, I agree with that completely. But the thing about this year's team, it has the same mentality as last year's team, but they have the talent to keep it sustainable. And exactly. I think that's the difference. No, hundred percent. And so this time at the four you have Dang who is a bona fide how many blocks does he have? shot blocker. I don't know how much he had. Um, Dang had, he had the four blocks against FIU. We remember that. And then I don't know if he had one. No, he didn't have one against FAU. Yeah, so you have a guy, you have a team that doesn't like to go up for blocks and likes to take charges, and you have a guy getting four blocks in a game. Exactly. Like, exactly. There you go. And I mean, then I mean, then you go to James Reese, who I said on the last podcast is six six. He's not; he's six four, listed at six four. But he's got, he's got the ability to jump and get his head to the rim. Like might as well be six four. And I just, and I think Mo's an underrated defender as well. His activity. We, we've talked about that. We have tons, talked about that. Yeah. I mean, he's tremendous. So yeah, like you said, I mean, it's the same mentality. It's a different scheme and it's a different um, personnel, but it's working all the same, really. And I think that this team could be, again. Top two, maybe the best defense in conference, you say. Like yes. Yeah. It's, it's tremendous. Um, and then offensively, they're shooting threes, they're making threes, and they're getting to the free throw line a little bit more. They're still not a great team that gets yeah, to the free throw line. That's more so because Javion's getting more aggressive. Yeah, they got to the free throw line 12 times in both games, which isn't a lot by any means. I'd like to see that up to 15, 16, mm-hmm. preferably more even. But, I mean, still... 12 times a game, and the thing is, they're making their free throws so much more. I don't know exactly. I know they're over 70% from the Jamie line. Jamie shooting, what, 90-something? No, 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 no. He's at 85. He's at 85? 85. Okay. It feels like he's at 90. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Moe's at 90. Um, I know Dang is struggling a little bit more. 
Reese is fine, but he doesn't get to the line too much. So, anyways, you get these guys that, again, they're not getting to the free throw line a lot, but they are making them. Yeah. Whereas FIU shot 9 of 17, and FAU shot 9 of 14. Whereas, against North Texas, 9 of 12 and 10 of 12. So, yeah. I don't have a huge problem with it, with the way they're playing right now, but I feel like it's just come so easy for them as an offense where they're not having to force shots and try to get these calls, right? See, and that's that's why I don't want... That's why, like, against FIU, I think they played a really good pace. They still played the transition, but they also kept it patient when they needed to. And that is a product of Mo penetrating, Javion penetrating, and that's why I don't want to see Mo stop going inside. Like, if he goes 5-19 again, but he's, you know, shooting nine times inside, like, that's just, that's just a chance to get fouled, and he'll only get better at drawing contact. Here's one thing I will say. North Texas is shooting over 38% from three. Yeah. At this moment, mm-hmm. as a team. Mm-hmm. And first of all, do you think, do you feel like that will continue? Uh, And what's like, you think it'll match that? Do you think it'll go down before the end of the season? If I told you they're going to finish, if 38% is like the line, do you think they're going to finish above that or under that for the season? Sheesh. It's tough, right? I, it's, but, but you look at the numbers. I wanna, okay, I'm not going to say above or below, but I'm going to say that it'll be a, it'll be within a point of that, mm-hmm. up or down, and and that's just because the shots that they're getting, like two years ago when it was just Rose hitting threes, yeah, that kind of offense obviously is not sustainable. It's it's independent on Rose being able to just make shots. Whereas this year it's they're open threes. You got Reese in the corner. You got DJ anywhere he can just mm-hmm. shoot. You got. Javion taking smart threes, whether that's, you know, a kick out or him just kind of dribble pull up. And then you got Mo who's lights out. So the way that they're getting their threes this year, have me believe that it'll be within a point of that. We had a whole segment like three or four weeks ago just calling these dudes snipers. And I don't know if people believed us enough. They should have believed us more. I should have believed myself more. I didn't think Javion was going to just be doing pull-up threes. Well, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't include Javion in, <laughs> yeah. in that category, but screw it, man. He's he's amazing. All right. Let's get to people's questions now because we have a good amount of questions, and it kind of segues into a lot of what we want to talk about. Um, I will pull them up, Colin. Don't worry. I have it ready. I know you're not prepared for this podcast. I am. I have the Twitter actually open, but okay. Wow. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. All right. Uh, we're gonna do this, do these in just whatever order we feel like it. Okay. Uh, Hall G asked um, asked about USM or Southern Miss, but first we're gonna talk about uh, Zach and Goo have been getting into foul trouble a lot more on the road. Why do y'all think that happens? I feel like they've been getting in foul trouble also at home because that happened. Yeah, I think it's just in general. FAU they had four fouls apiece, and I've been I've been kind of worried about Zach, especially Goo. I'm like, uh, it's, it's okay. Yeah, Goo. Yeah, Goo's don't seem as impactful. FAU had a really big front court. Like yeah. he was going against some size there, and so I didn't have a problem with like him getting physical, getting, you know, getting those fouls that you have to get when you're playing those big. So guys. funny to see him uh, play against Osagai because he's like at his shoulders whenever he's like, yeah, trying yeah, to, like, yeah. See yeah. Him out. So funny. <laughs> but um, how worried are you about? I guess specifically Zach's. Foul I'm, yeah, I'm not really worried about Goo because his fouls. Okay, Zach's fouls come more so because he's trying to make up for something for a defensive lapse. So when Zach fouls, it's because either a guy got by him and he's trying to block the shot yeah. or, you know, he's not in position offensively or defensively. You know, it just depends on those or in position for rebound. Goose fouls come more because he's just trying to, like, outwork the guy. He's trying to get there faster. Yeah. And it's more so of a, I, I, I want to say more of like an, a reckless or aggressive foul, whereas... Yeah. Zach is just because he's trying to make up for something that he lost. For sure. So that's why I'm more concerned about Zach because he hasn't looked like the same player to me this season at all. I think and on I, the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, especially. on the defensive side of the ball especially because it's just like we thought Zach was going to be the defensive MVP this year. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think right now he's top three. I There's definitely not top three. Dang, James. Eh, then you get No, Reese. Yeah, Dang, James. Oh, James Reese. Duh. James Reese. What was Come I thinking on, of? And then, yeah, then I'd probably, yeah, Tim and I, Thomas, I Thomas, maybe. It's it, Mo, maybe. Anyways, but yeah, it's, uh, I think you summed it up well. Zach is kind of getting worrisome because last year he did so well not fouling and affecting mm-hmm. shots. Now, I do know that this is a, again, I've said it before, this is a different defensive scheme. And it's obvious when you watch the team that they're in different positions than they were last year. 
so maybe he's still adjusting to that. Well, but... I think I think it's a product of also that this team forces him to move laterally, la- laterally, this, laterally a lot more. So bef- last year, it was more so he could kind of stand in the post. He didn't have to like you know move his legs a whole yeah. lot, and he just kind of put his arms up and he either attempted a block or he just put his arms up. Mm-hmm. Whereas this time, when you're forcing everyone baseline. He's forced to kind of have to move left, and then he gets that foul when the guy gets by him on the baseline. Yes, and I mean, yeah, you basically said it. Last year's the whole emphasis was to run them off the three-point line and run them into Zach, who's just putting his hands up and saying, here, shoot over me. Mm-hmm. That's easier to do. This time, there's a lot more movement, a lot more thought that goes into the rotations that they have this year. So that's what I'm saying. It's a lot... It's more difficult. Yeah. But then also he's getting beat off the dribble a little bit more this year as well. Mm-hmm. We saw against West Kentucky. That, that's kind of unfair to him because they had a really mobile guy at the five. But still, he was getting beaten and then he was having to recover. So if there is no reason if you were a starting center on a team that you should get blown by a guy that's like 6'6 six, six or 6'7. Six, yeah. You know, maybe it's tough. It's and even tough. if blown by, you should be able to affect a shot. Whereas it seemed like that guy was just eating his lunch. Yes. <laughs> um, Okay, thank you, Holdry, for your question. We'll answer your other one in a second about Southern Miss. Uh, Bobby asked two questions as well. I'll go to this one, though. What has seen us destroy the Floridas tell us? Actually, let's embody all these questions into one. All right, Bobby asked that. Green-Blooded asked, just how good do you think this team can be this year? And then Skull asked, um, well, he didn't really ask the pot. He asked me, but I'm just including it here. So thank you for the question. Because um, I said this team is legit. And he said legit like day two of the CUSA tournament or legit like we could go dancing in the real tournament. So all those questions have pertained to how good is this team, Colin? Okay, I'm going to say this right now. So you go ahead, man. You go ahead. I know you want to. This team go ahead. is the best team in Conference USA. Record might not show. They might be a two or three seed, but this team is the best Team in conference, you saying, let me tell you why. They're, everything they do is sustainable, and we've talked about that. There is nothing that I look at and I don't go, hey, they can't do that on that next player. They can't do this this next game. Everything they do, it it just it comes to them. They take what the defense gives them. They play hard, and their schemes work. Now, question, does that... Because this is two-parted, right? So, yeah. Because in a, at, a, at this level... Every team is trying to just win the conference tournament. Right. To make the tournament. Right. So is this team the best team or is this team the best suited to win the tournament? Is that or is I that think a difference? That's the same thing. Do you feel like it's the same thing? Yes, I feel like the same thing. I think there's I because think I, I think it'd be better where the the where the question is this team the most talented team or is this team the best team? I definitely uh, Because WKU probably has more individual talent. I think LaTeX has more individual talent too. Or at least it's close. Yeah, it might be close. I don't know. I guess I like I don't UTEP's know. talent too. I don't. I guess I don't know well enough about LaTeX, but just as a team, like everyone fits so well together. So that's why I say best team. Whereas mm-hmm. WKU, it's like like last year, last year in the tournament when they were in the uh, the final game, you could tell that they just weren't a good team. It's just that they had guys just have individual. Who are you talking about? W WKU Western Kentucky. Yeah, okay. sorry, I don't yeah, know if no. I said that. No, for sure. So like Hollingsworth, you know, he's in a dribble pull up mid midi, whatever. Yeah. You're gonna have uh Anderson. Ba- Bassey, Anderson. Anderson yeah. just gonna dunk all over yeah. you. There was nothing that showed me that they played like they don't play as a team. Whereas North Texas, it's like they get in their huddle, they play for each other, whereas it just kinda seemed more individual on WKU's basis. Yes. And that's where I think the difference is everyone compliments each other on this team. I agree. Now I don't <laughs> Okay, so Say after, it. after the Florida games, I thought I I was I was on a high. I'll give you I'm that. I'm still on a high. I was on a high. Now I don't know if I'm on a if I was on a high because of the bad football season we had. I don't know if I was on a high because I was just. <laughs> ex- I don't know if I was on a high because this, this hit Bruni mentally. No, 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 it did emotionally wow. because when's the last time we've come on a podcast and we've been like been able to have this type of podcast. No, yeah, I know what you mean. Wow, this guy is good. Wow, we're playing so well. Now this guy is doing this, and this guy's doing this. We've talked like about maybe like two bad things this podcast. I've said free throws need to be improved. I've said that, and the free throws isn't even a bad. Like thing. I don't even like yeah. we we haven't said anything bad this podcast. Yeah, when's the last time we've been able to do that? Yeah, every time we every time we've always said something like even the 2017 football team, it was always like yeah they're really good, but there's a caveat to it. Yes. Whereas right now it's like where's the caveat? And then I mean. Literally, the last time I feel like we had this type of vigor and, I, I guess, jubilation for a team. What a word. 
was last year's football team after they beat Arkansas. That's the last time. Yeah. And That's that was, it. And that was a facade, apparently. That was it, yes. Yeah. But still, still, at that no, time, we, were, we came on that podcast. We were like, we were just in Arkansas, and we beat Arkansas, and we yeah. watched North yeah. Texas do it. Yeah. Um, all this stuff. So, I don't want to come in here and be prisoner of the moment because there's a very good chance that they split, they lose a lot of tech, and again, I feel like, I think it was said somewhere, but these Conference USA teams... I've said it before. None of them are elite. None of them are yeah, of course not. at the level of, I think, even Old Dominion last year, where Old Dominion last year, I think, would win Conference USA this year. I think that you look at, like, the Marshall team two years ago, the middle team two years ago, the middle teams of the past. I mean, those teams were, like, elite. They were, like, those teams could, like, actually, like, maybe win, like, two games in the tournament. Like, those guys are legit. This year, there's not that team. And I don't think that that's anything to be ashamed of because I think each year is a different circumstance. However, I do include North Texas into that. I don't think they're an elite team. I don't think they're like this team that like they're not world beaters. Yeah, they're not the team that's gonna go and go seventeen and one in conference play and mow down uh, everyone in their path on the way to you know doing all this stuff. And Middle Tennessee also had like NBA damn players. I mean, yeah, at times, yeah. So it's just different. But I do feel like everyone in conference USA is on this level where they feel like they have a chance, mm-hmm. right? I feel like Louisiana Tech, Western Kentucky, I think even the Florida schools school still think like they are on that level and I think they they have a right to be. FAU was 3-0 coming into the game. Like there you could look this, you could chalk this up if you're FAU just as, you know, a road loss. Off game, yeah. Yeah, it happens. Um I think UTEP still has a lot of talent. I think they know that. I think that you go down the list like UTSA has Javon Jackson, Keaton Wallace. Yeah, who could possibly leave after the, after this season, yeah, I'm which just is saying, insane for a conference USA yes. player. So you have those like yeah. guys, like you have top and talent there. So I'm saying you go down the list and you're like every team feels like they have this chance. So I don't want to come in here and be like this team is the best team in conference USA after they've won two games at home. Okay. With that being said, it's this is starting to look like this team has the fewest holes of any team in Conference USA. Yes. That is what I will say. And I think that is going to go a long way. That's why I asked you, is this the best team or is this the best chance? Or does this team have the best chance to win the conference tournament? I think this team has the one of the best chances to win the conference tournament because of those holes yeah, not being based present. On how they play, yeah. I think the consistency is going to be there. I think the defense is going to be there. I think that the shooting is going to be there. And if the shooting is not there, I mean, shooting, you know, comes and goes as anybody okay. else, but they've shot 40% for damn near the entire season. So so you compared your feeling to the Arkansas game, which obviously we all know what happened after that. Arkansas yes. was a really bad team, blah, 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 blah. The difference with this is that they played good teams going into the game. We thought we were good teams, and they're still good teams. Mm-hmm. So, like, they played Dayton. Dayton's amazing. Yes. Uh, Arkansas, great defensive team. Utah VCU, State. it's VCU. Utah, Utah State. State, yeah. And they were in every one of those games, either the whole entire game or for most of the game. And that's the difference between this team and, although it's football, yes. the way we felt during that game. So that's why I'm going to, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to go out on my, my, my yeah. high moment and say that this is, this is what I think is going to be the best team in Conference USA. And like I said, record might not show it. They might be a two or three seed, but overall, like you said, this team has at least holes and they have... I don't know how to explain it. Like, if if I had to build a team in Conference USA to go, hey, go beat a VCU, like, mm-hmm. this is what I would build. Like, they have, like, like what what does it take to, to, to... I do feel like, however, the highest upside of a team is still Western Kentucky. Of course, but they have to put... See, but the difference between Western Kentucky and North Texas is that they aren't a team. And the thing about, yes, well... It's different this year, especially because Bassey's gone, yeah. and obviously. But their individual talents... Their individual talent is, is superb. Yeah, I think that they're the reason they beat North Texas is because they hit a lot of threes, which they don't. They're not typically a very good three point shooting team. Mm-hmm. Hollingsworth is not a three point shooter. Like Anderson is not a three point shooter. You go on the list and they're not like they have roles. Anderson last year was like a twenty eight. Yeah, no, he's shooter. not. He's not a good three point shooter. But they still have the most top end talent, and I feel like that is what makes them the most dangerous team. Right, because top end time. talent in basketball can carry you a long way. Yes. I mean LeBron and the Cavs. Like there I, you go. No, you yeah. Um, but if I had to, but if I was like, okay, who's gonna beat Michigan State this year in March Madness? That's w, like if I had to pick WKU or North Texas, that's w, interesting. North Texas has the better chance. 
because of their lack of holes. I agree that better teams exploit holes. No, I I agree. I agree with what I agree. I think I agree with what you're saying. I, I might not be explaining it right, but no, I'm no, say- no, no, no. I I think I agree with what you're saying yeah. that they have the best chance to do that. But we need to focus on the Conference USA tournament first. Right, and I agree. To- I'm just I'm just saying like compared to, like I'm 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 saying why this is the best team. Yes, it's because if I had if if they played a, like a like they played Dayton, if WKU and North Texas had the same non-conference schedule. North Texas is coming out of this way better. Okay, let's 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 let me play devil's advocate. Okay, okay. They're one made shot away from being zero two and losing to Marshall, and Marshall does not look like a good basketball team right now. That's fine. They still won the game. Okay, you know you know as 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 well as I do, basketball is not a game of ifs. Yes, but we do need to talk about what happened <clears throat> in that Marshall game. They still were close, and so that's what I'm saying is that while this team has the least amount of holes. They're still going to be in these close games with Marshall. They're still going to be in close games with some teams that probably shouldn't be in a close game with them. Mm-hmm. I'm worried that if you get in the conference play and you're, let's say, North Texas is the three seed or something like that, and they have to play because I think the the ones and two gets buys, and then the three will play the uh, uh, three will play the. I think 7, doesn't. 10, I don't remember how 7, this 10, works. Seven, eight, nine. I don't remember. Anyways. Um, I think the three gets it by two. Regardless, I don't know. But I'm just saying, you go against a team, let's say they go against UTSA or something like that, that has the top-end talent that hit 18 threes against La Tech. I'm just saying that I don't know if we can say that North Texas is like certainly going to beat this team because I feel like all of the teams in Conference USA, as far as like top the top eight, are all on a similar level. Well, I- I'm saying that North Texas has the least amount of holes. Right. But doesn't that in turn, I don't think, along with... That does not mean that I think that they're going to... That they're good enough to run through teams. I don't think they'll run through. First of all, a one-game tournament, anything can happen. Of course. And we see that in March Madness. So yeah, a guy like Javon Jackson can have a game. He can put up like 28 points on you and, and single-handedly win a game for you. I mean, you just... That's that's tough. There, That's it. I mean, you can't do anything about that. But I, but any loss that this team has had outside of, like, I'm trying to think, maybe like that Marshall game in the second half. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't think North Texas lost that game. I just think the other team was just better. Marshall, you didn't talk about, or not Marshall? Who am I thinking of? They Western. had a really awful second half. Oh, WKU. Yeah, Western. Yeah, WKU against WKU, where we sat there and we're like, oh yeah, this team's bad. Yes. Okay. Let's answer the question real quick because I feel like we're dancing around the question here. Make make a prediction, Colin. Let's make a regular season prediction. Do you think they win Conference USA at this point in regular season? Then do you think they win the tournament? I don't think they they uh they win it, the conference USA season. I think they'll go thirteen and five, like I said. Pre-season. So you think regular season? You did not say thirteen and five. I'm pretty sure season. I said thirteen and five. You wrote it down, Colin. You did not say you were you were you were you were taken aback by my prediction. I remember that. I don't know if I have it. Keep talking while I while I look. Okay. It up. Well, whatever whatever it was, it'll be around thirteen and five. Like I said, they could be a two or three seed. But in the tournament, I think this team is built in the perfect way to be a tournament team, because they they are the least exploitable team in Conference USA. I think. Before the season, you had them going seven and seven in conference. No. My bad. That can't be right. That can't be right because it's. Oh, seven and seven in the fourteen games before pool play, uh, and then so you have them going nine and nine. Okay, I'm bad then. All right, and then I had them going eleven and seven. Wow, Colin, dang, I'm awful. Can you? Okay, well, I just lied to all of the viewers. Uh, I'm gonna say thirteen and five, or like uh, it'll be around thirteen five, thirteen five. And then 14, I'm sorry, four. I blo- I blanked out for what you said for the tournament. Do you think? Oh, the I tournament. I, I yeah, I think I think chances wise, yes. You can't sit here. No one can sit here and be like, yeah, yes, of course, of course. But yeah, no, chances wise, yes. And I said because this team has the least, this is the least exploitable team in Conference USA. Okay. Um, I'm not going to belabor the points that we've that we've made. I will say that I'm not going to overreact. I still, I think this is, I believe this is a top five team in Conference USA. I'm, I can't say they're number one. I can't, I'm not going to come on here and just parade around two wins against Florida I can. against Florida schools at home. I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. So 
I don't think they win the uh, I don't think they win regular season conference, and then I think they'll be they'll they'll have as good of a chance as anybody. I mean, I cop out answer. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think you can put one team in conference USA above anybody else right now. I just don't. Okay, you can't, especially with West Kentucky soundly beat North Texas. No, I know. That's still that still happened. I understand. It still happened. So um, let me be. One thing I do want to say though, before we get into the the last section of qu- of questions here, wait. Thank you, Bobby. Did we finish answering that question? I feel like we didn't. For your questions, no, we did. How good do you think this team can be? Um, could this team, you know, win conference? Okay. Answer. Thank you all for y'all's questions. Uh, one thing I do want to say is this team has had four bad halves of defense. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up actually. Yeah. The entire year. Yeah. Now, I just brought that up without a segue or anything like that. I don't need a segue. I'm going to talk about this. North Texas has played four bad halves of defense the entire year. The entire year. Yep. They are 9-8 and eight, eight at this point. So, they've played 34 halves of basketball. Four of them. And I don't even know if it's all four. Let me see what I wrote down. Well, it was WKU. No, no, no. Hold on. But I have, I have reasons for them. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Okay. So they had four bad halves of defense the entire year. Yep. So that means 30 halves of defense have been at least, at the very least, adequate. The first one was against Arkansas. And that was really only the last 10 minutes. If you look at that game, it was like a one-point game back and forth. Yeah. Getting stops. They were right there. And then Arkansas blew it open the last 10 minutes. OU... I don't even know if I want to call that a bad defensive game. Yeah, we came on here and said it wasn't really, but it was just kind of... But Doolittle kind of took over. He had that stretch. So I'm going to count it anyways, especially down the stretch. They couldn't get those stops that they needed. And yeah. I mean, OU is OU. So whatever. So that's two. Third was Utah State. And I don't even... I mean, they scored 39 points, but I can't even look at that and be like, that was awful. Utah State did score enough, though, right? They couldn't get those stops late. And that's what it ultimately comes down to. It's like, can you get those stops when it matters? And they didn't. Lastly, was the second half against Western Kentucky. Notice these are all second halves. Second half against Western Kentucky. Turnovers. Um, Western Kentucky got extremely hot from three. Like, all of that. And that's not, those aren't excuses. Those are just what happened. So, that's four bad halves of basketball. Really, three and a half if you you know count half of Arkansas. That is tremendous. I'm also going to say something. Do you think that those are the reason they lost the game? Those games. What do you mean? Those four halves of bad bad halves of defense. Do you think that those are the reasons they lost each of those games? OU, Utah State, yes. West Kentucky, their offense also went stagnant there. I don't right. know if I can. That's a close one. Arkansas would also be really close. I don't know if I can. Same yeah, and, and I and I bring that up. And those are the only two blowouts all year, Arkansas and West Kentucky. Right, and I, and I bring that up because their offense especially early in the season was awful yeah in terms of what they were able to produce so like against Arkansas Arkansas was up like you said they were within one and then Arkansas got to seven and then it felt like 14 yes and same thing with uh, Western they got cold and couldn't couldn't do anything so I just wanted to bring that up to add context to what you were saying for sure for sure um but yeah this this defense is y'all really we really need to start paying attention to like how good this defense is and we'll see against La Tech this coming week just how good they are because LaTeX has a lot of different weapons, a lot of different size, a lot of different ways to score. And so I think that's going to be one thing to watch. And that segues perfectly into the last thing we'll talk about, which is kind of the rest of Conference Tuesday and the upcoming schedule. So we'll go back to Hall G's question. Do you think uh, Southern Miss is a trap game? Southern Miss is the worst team in Conference Tuesday for those of you who don't know, at least to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. There may be... No, I'm pretty sure they're the worst team we're going to do today. Um, yeah, they got routed by La Tech. I don't even know what they did. Oh, they lost to... It was U- like 80 to 39 they in lost their to U- preseason or 49. They lost to UTSA by 10, I believe, last night. Is Southern Miss a trap game? No. Why not? Because this team has been there before in terms of... Like, they know how they need to play to win games. Last year's team, sure, it would be a trap game. This team, I think, has the confidence knowing that it's going to be in every game no matter what. Whereas last year's team, it was like, oh, let's play really hard and hope that we're still in the game. Yes. So I, I don't think that this team is is a susceptible team to fall into a trap game. I think you're right. I don't I don't anticipate them losing this game by any means. And that's not just because Southern Miss is bad, but I think because the way they're playing right now, 
we've talked about it this whole podcast. It's repeatable. It's the way that they're generating shots is is repeatable. The mm-hmm. making these shots is repeatable. Like they're playing their pace right now, and that's repeatable. The defense they're playing is extremely repeatable. I mean, all these things are just telling you that again, they have the least amount of holes. They're gonna do what they have to do. I think I do think it's I don't think they're gonna blow them out. No. I mean, that might be that might be, I guess, a hottie hottie take. I I don't know. But because they blew out F, the Florida schools. Right. Southern Miss is a team that I watched in the first half against um, Western, and they kind of, you know, they went at them, and then Western in the second half pulled away. I don't, now unless Southern Miss comes out and completely lays an, lays an egg, then it'll be a blowout, but I don't think they're going to blow out Southern Miss. And I don't, I think a lot of these games that against what we perceive as like lesser schools, I think a good amount of them are going to be close games just because like the Marshall game. I think that, that while this offense is good and it's hitting a stride, I don't think that it's, potent enough to be like we're gonna run you over right so yeah no, um yeah that, that so we'll we'll see i do think they win it though yeah by no, like I, 12 I or 15 yeah it'll, it'll be convincing enough yeah um alejandro garcia asked who do you believe is the most dangerous team that we will play we will have to play before pod play um so they play every team in conference to stay once and they play rice twice north texas does before pod play they have La Tech this week. They play uh, UAB in the coming week. They have UTSA in the, in the following week. Um, any team that you're excited to see specifically? UTSA. I want to see Javon Jackson. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Gosh. I mean, have that, you seen his highlights? Yes. Whew. Yes. And the thing he, is, we saw him last year. Yeah. When I said that he could forego his senior season, I was being dead serious. Like, <laughs> he can, bro. Like, really, like that, really that, is, that, that is actually not a joke. Like, he could definitely do it. Um, he's probably the best talent in Conference USA since Tony Mitchell in terms of just talent. No, I'm not rolling with that. Not rolling. Who, with okay, that. who's better? Nope, 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 nope. I would put John Elmore over him. Did like he? as far as like as far as like well wait wait do you mean like I mean I mean NBA talent as an NBA talent I put John Elmore. He's six. I mean he's did he, bigger did can shoot. No, but Javon Jackson you know is not getting ja- drafted. Oh no 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 no. no. I'm talking about Tony. Mitch- I'm talking about Javon Jackson and Tony Mitchell. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. I know, but I'm saying I don't think he's he's not the best NBA prospect since Tony Mitchell. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. No. And okay. Yeah, I guess John no. Elmore. John, yeah, John Elmore was was actually wild. Yes. Charles Bassey. <laughs> what the heck? He's injured. I'm sorry. And, I mean, obviously Charles Bassey's stock has gone way down. We, we can't count Mitchell Robinson because he never actually Mitchell played Robinson. He never actually I'm played for Western. It. I'm sure one of those Middle Tennessee guys is somewhere. Playing. John Elmore definitely, and that's just in the last three years that I'm thinking about. But no, he is a great talent. He is a great talent. You don't underrate Conference USA like that, Colin. I see what you're doing here. I'm not underrating. Come him. on, I now. think they're a good. I think they're a good basketball conference. All right. Uh, here's what I'll do. I'm most interested to see UTSA. I'm most scared of UAB because like UAB has scored like over 70 points like once this season, and they play like they. Punch that, you in the face. That could be an ugly game. It could be that could be like a forty to forty. I'm, game. I'm very ready for a forty to forty North Texas UAB game. They, for those of you who didn't see on Twitter, UAB had one assist and twenty turnovers and went one of seven from three and one by fourteen and beat Marshall by eleven. Oh, was it eleven? What the hell? <laughs> yeah, that's bad. So, anyways, uh, yeah, that team, and then I'm really interested to see UTEP because I feel like UTEP is still a team that is like. If they get like a five seed or a six seed in the tournament, could do some. Damage. I'm scared. Yeah. So, anyways, I, and then La Tech is going to be good as well. So, yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm most interested to see La Tech, but I really want to like UTSA is like the top of the list in terms of just yeah. because I want to see Javon Jackson. You want to buy a ticket to that? You don't even have to, but you just buy a ticket. <laughs> Yo, Ren, I'm supporting. Ren, support the team. This is great, and it's at home. It's gonna be. I fun. know that's why. That's Woo! why it's super it's exciting. Be fun. So, anyways, uh, yeah, that's that's that. I hope I answered your question, Alejandro. A dangerous team. You said UTSA or most dangerous team to play. Dangerous team. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say go based off of like the guy that can just go off, and so I think UTSA is the most dangerous. I'm gonna say LaTeX. Think LaTeX is the most dangerous. LaTeX probably the best team they play, but yeah, yeah, La- I agree. LaTeX best play, but like in terms of da- like where they can like maybe sleep, and then all of a sudden Jackson goes off for however many. Yeah, Mo versus uh, Jackson. What if Rose came back? All right. 
We don't need to fantasize anymore here. Uh, I think we've answered all the questions. Bobby asked. Uh, Thought you had two from somebody else. How how the rest of Conference USA is doing? I think we covered that pretty well. Uh, how we compare? I think we talked about that well. I th- no, that's everybody. Oh 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 yes. I guess we could. Yeah, we could talk about these real quick. Okay. Um. Well, real quick before we get into these, do you think so? You got North Texas going two and zero this week. At Southern Miss and La Tech on the road. They split it, probably. What a cop-out answer, Colin. After, what, this, are, hold on. after this grandest... Hold, grand... What did I say? What did I say? I said they'd be a two or three seed. They won't be the number one seed. This week... Didn't last week I said they'd go 2-0? I don't know. I don't You're remember. just making stuff up. Apparently, yeah. I said, so, I I mean, said they were going to be 13-5, and I actually said 99. Uh, <laughs> that that Loftick game's tough. You know what? Screw it. They're going 2-0. All right, there we go. We're it doesn't doing take it. much to convince Colin around no, it here. It doesn't, you know. This has been a very happy podcast, so we'll keep it going. Well, I don't know. You've been... If they beat La Tech, you coming on here and you saying it? You you joining my bandwagon now? I'll say it. I'll say it. I'll, I'll say, say it. it. If they beat La Tech no and No matter Southern how Miss, they win? No matter how... Now, Southern Miss, they need to win pretty convincingly. Oh, of course. But La Tech, if they just win that game on the road and... Just outright? Woo! Boy, you think we're happy now. Just I, I want to know what the locker room looks like, you know? I'm going to be... <laughs> I'll be in my room party. <laughs> you lighting the candles? Like lighting the candles. The Spurs candles getting lit? Cover it with Grant's face. <laughs> Rip Tim Duncan off. Right? <laughs> but those... Yeah, the candles I have have... Like, it's like a... You know how, like, old grandmas have, like, the Jesus candles? Yeah, it's like and a mural. It has Tim Duncan's um, face on it. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> All right, um... What part of the team improving will help them take a bigger step forward? So what needs what what could improve and make this team even better? Having someone other than JV on consistently get to the line. And I so think, Mo? And I was gonna say I think Mo's the it's candidate just, for just that. Mo. Yeah. Here's one thing. Well, I think one big thing is what we talked about is like Zach returning to form, like Zach returning to that presence See, in the middle. Okay. What do we want Zach to be? I want Zach to be a guy that when it's thrown in the post, forces helps. And he was doing that. He was in non-conference play. He was forcing the double teams, kicking out the shooters. Like he was good at that. And he still is. I think he's still good at that. But I think teams are starting to front him more. They're starting to play, you know, that three-fourths coverage on him. So that way it makes the entry pass difficult. And we've seen too many turnovers where they're trying to force it to him. It should be natural. I think he's still a great finisher in the post. I think he's still a great rim runner. He's dunking the ball a lot more than he ever has. Um, I think that he's still smart with the ball. I think he's a decent defender now. I want the main step he can take forward is a great def- being a, being the defender that we need him to be. Right, and I think that's what I, I I'd much rather have him be. I think offensively, he's fine. We know he can finish at the rim. He just needs to cut back on the turnovers. I don't think he needs to be a focal point like he has been in years past offensively. Okay, I agree. Yeah, I no no I definitely agree because you have Javion and Mo. Right, I don't want I don't want shots taken away from them. <laughs> Secondly, uh, the second thing that can help this team take a bigger step forward, and these are both individual things. I don't know um, if we, we want to get technical, we can get into that later. But um, is Rose? I think if Rose if Rose shoots over thirty five percent from three, if if and he is actually you know a good defender and doesn't get killed in those minutes like he did last night. That's if, an that's an eight man rotation where if, like you're like, if oh Rose my God. plays against plays consistently like he did against F A F I U. Oh my man, this team like ten times as dangerous. It's very dangerous. So, yeah. Um, okay, next. Um, oh, here here's what I'll end it with actually. Well, he he asked no. No, because we already talked about shooting. Yeah, never mind. Okay. But one thing I do want to say is, I've said this before, if this team continues to shoot 38% and hold teams to 32% from three, that's going to be really hard to overcome Yeah, as like an opponent. Right. Like shooting 38% from three and then holding teams to like 31% from three, mm-hmm. mathematically, you're just doing something right. And right. you're just going to get that advantage. And so, And then they're making free throws. So all of that just leads to what I think is going to be Again, this team has the least amount of holes. 
I don't know what to say. I'm not gonna say it, but you want to say it. I'm not gonna say but it. You but can't say they're it. right there. He put his hood up out of out of, out of nervousness. They're right there, Colin. Okay, I I have two things I want to say. Go One ahead. on your point about the three point thing. I I think a lot of people. I don't know if they realize this, but I think a lot of people need to realize that, like especially when Mo pulls up really deep, that if he hits that, you are literally adding another half of a possession. <clears throat> yes. To, well, to, 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 because you scored three points like two two points and three points it doesn't like that one point doesn't seem like a lot but when you look at it like you said mathematically like that's you're literally like taking away basically a bucket if they hit it two on the other end here's how I like to phrase it yeah you, you can probably phrase it a lot better than I can let me let me use the, the last game as an example so against FAU they hit eight threes to F they, they hit eight threes to FAU's five mm-hmm. so they outscored my nine points from behind the arc Okay, that's nine points they had, you know, more, three more threes in them. Right. Now, you can look at that and say, okay, well, they're just because they're taking them, or it's a different avenue of scoring. Well, you have to make up those nine points in a different way, whether that is in the paint, at the free throw line, you know, off mid-range jumpers, and all those are lesser, less efficient efficient shots. Yeah. Now, free throws aren't, but you know what I mean, you have to get to the line. And then, so FAU had to outscore North Texas by nine points in another way to overcome that. And so, in the paint, North Texas outscored them 40 to 26. Mm-hmm. Like, if North Texas scores 40 points in the paint, North, FAU would have had to score like 46, 49 points in the paint to counter their three points. To match what they yeah, had Yeah, just scored. to match them. Yeah. And so, that's, what that's that's I guess, the easiest way to look at it. Is when you get outscored from three, you have to make up those points in a different way. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to score more in the paint. You have to get to the free throw line more. You have to rely on more things. Whereas three point shots, not only are you outscoring them more in a different way, but you're outscoring them in probably the most lethal way because you have to when you have to guard the three point line, which we saw against FAU and even against FIU, when you guard the have to guard the three point line, it allows guys like Javion to get to the paint that allows them to start creating for other people in different ways and allows the ball move to start going. And so that's why it's such a big deal Mm -hmm. to be able to shoot that. And then you add Moe's complexion. If he can start hitting those deep threes, then the guy has to guard him even farther out and then he can start getting to the rim easier. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's just a cumulative effect that starts (laughs) happening. So um, that is big. One person I, we haven't talked about enough real quickly before we go is Thomas Bell. And I think Thomas Bell is playing very, very, very well shooting over 35% from three. If he shoots over 35% from three, that's just another guy that teams have to worry about. And he's passing the ball really well. He had yep. four assists last night. He's creating well. He's smart. He knows what to do with the ball and he's a presence and he's rebounding. Well, Thomas Bell, probably most improved player right now from the beginning of the season. He's been tremendous. Javion's right there too, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I forgot what my second point was going to be, but we'll just ignore it. We'll go. Go out on a high note, Colin. It was I, a good thing, but... I feel like we should just have a round of applause in the background this entire episode. Yeah, just like constant like... It was like... <laughs> yeah, and uh, Mo went like, you know, did great things again, and Javion was great again, and round of applause for everybody involved, because it makes our lives a lot easier. And like oh, I said... We'll, go ahead. I do remember what it was. I'm okay. sorry, I just cut you off. Okay. So, uh... We've been seeing a lot of uh, Javion pulling up from the mid-range. Mm-hmm. You like that shot now, Bruni? I like that shot as a weapon. Okay. Every player needs to be able to hit a floater. Like, like if you look mathematically, floaters aren't an efficient shot. Of course not. But you have to, if you make them, it makes them to guard you in a different way. It makes them have to take another exactly. step forward yeah. to where he can maybe has a different lane to pass it to Zach when the big helps. Like it's just stuff starts accumulating yeah. accumulating more. I and I and I asked that because I obviously think it's good for that reason as well. Uh I, I just asked that because it shows you how much this team needed something like that last year. Yes. Like from anybody. Like yeah. Duffy, you know, whoever. So uh that's why I just brought it up. For sure. For sure. Alright. I think we've covered everybody. We've yeah, done great. That, that's this was a great this was a great podcast. Oh, last player. Since we didn't do our, you know, roster rundown, I do want to be sure to mention these guys. Jemiah Simmons was good last night against FAU. I want to be sure cuz we've 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 bagged on Jemiah a good amount of times and I still don't think he's the answer at the 4, but he wasn't bad against FAU. He held his own. They have a big front court. He did give up a couple offensive rebounds that I was like, "Oh, that's not good," but he he did his job. He did his job. 4 points, 2 or three boards, um, I think it was 12 minutes. Wasn't bad. Wasn't bad at all. And I think that as long as he knows his role and he can 
figure it out and he can maybe, you know, become a little bit more versatile on offense, I think there will be a spot for him when there's foul trouble. So we'll see. That's a good shout out him. Shout out Maya. Yay. Shout out Maya. Okay. I think that's all we have to talk about. We have a football podcast to do next, Colin. I'm very excited for it. This was a great podcast. We're all very happy. I hope you're happy. I hope the audience is happy. Who's with me? Who's saying? Who, yeah, who, sure. Who, who, Tweeted who, us. Who's on my bandwagon? If you think, if you're going to be a reactionary as Colin Mitchell, then. Listen, I backed his... it up with facts. Yeah, no, you did. You did. You did great. Thanks. You did great this podcast, Colin. Thanks. You know, when you wake up with rigor mortis. Rigor mortis. For those Get of you who don't know, I woke up this morning. Colin has a different disease every three days. You know what rigor mortis is? It's when you're dead and you can't move. I'm just saying. That's not a disease. That's when you're dead. All I know is that I woke up and I was stiff. It's like one of those ones where your body has to kind of like crack to like get moving. Never happened to me. Let me tell you, it's the best best feeling in the Never world. Never happened to me. That's why we're in such a great mood today. <laughs> no, no. I'm in a great mood because I don't know why. Actually, North Texas won. It's easy. Makes my life easy. All right, guys. For Colin Mitchell... For me, Matthew Bruni. Follow us on Mingering 24-7. Follow us on our Twitters. Uh, subscribe to Mingering 24-7. Uh, subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. Please and thank you on Apple. Just click on our little icon, scroll down, and press the five stars. We'd appreciate it. It helps us out a lot. Um, I don't really know how, but it makes us feel better. So there you go. For Colin Mitchell, Maya Mitchell, and myself, Matthew Bruni, thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you all later. <laughs>